Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Good, good morning. There we go. Um, let me just do this first. You start chewing sand ten minutes before. Um, yeah, good, good morning, church, and... We, thank you, Mama Joyce. <laughs> we, uh, we've been exploring um, a, a series in church for the last four weeks, um, and, and the series has been exploring why, um, and, and exploring why, the why behind why do we do church, and, and what do, why do we do what we do as Christians on a daily, on a daily stage. And, and today, and up until now, we've looked at four different topics. We've looked at small groups, we've looked at large groups, we've looked at giving and serving. And, um, and if you've missed any of these, you can go catch it up on YouTube. But today, I want to focus on something a little bit more intimate and, and personal in church and also in our Christian walks, and it's called personal devotion. Um, and, and this topic is sometimes a little bit confused with different names. We might call it quiet time sometimes or prayer time or just talking to the Lord. But uh, I, I want to just explore a little bit this morning of what is personal devotion um, yeah, and, and why do we do it. And so looking at personal devotion, I want to start with the word of devotion. I think that's a pretty good place to start. And Quite interestingly, um, we see two different types of explanations for the word devotion. The one is used mostly in the Old Testament, and the other one's mostly used in the New Testament. Um, and the word used in the Old Testament is called nazar, and it means to dedicate or to consecrate. Um, and in the book of Numbers six, in the book of Numbers chapter six, we see this in quite a significant way. Uh, where we read of this Nazarite vow um, that gave the Israelites the opportunity to make a priest-like vow and live in a priest-like consecration to God at least for a time. So this was, this was really because priesthood at that stage was very restrictive. Not anyone or uh, any person could become a priest. And this vow allowed these people, by choice, to actually devote themselves to God in a very priestly manner. Um, and the other place we see it quite a lot is in Leviticus. Um, around the priests and around the temple, we see the people of God constantly coming to the temple and devoting and setting aside and consecrating either the first fruits of their crops or the bringing land or the firstborn. Like we see this, this thing of the, the people bringing something that was very valuable to them and devoting, devoting it to God. And the second meaning of the word devotion we see mostly in the New Testament, um, and it's, I'm not even going to attend the translation of it, but it means to attend constantly, um, something to persist in or to persevere in. And uh, we see this quite a lot in Acts, and Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so looking at these three uh, or these two different type of definitions for devotion, I think three things becomes quite clear out of them is that personal or this devotion means it is to dedicate something to God it, is, it will be a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to God. And it is a practice one must continue in steadfastly. 
Um, and, and our personal devotion in in a very real way, looks exactly like that on a daily level. We constantly have to dedicate our lives to God. Um, and it's not always easy. It's, sometimes it's a sacrifice. Um, and it's something we have to go, do consistently, daily. Um, and in the same way, in the times of the Levites, where the people, in order to show God that they gave their full devotion of their finances, they devoted 10% of their finances. And this morning, I want to speak about that 10%, the little bit of where everything flows from in our personal devotion. And that, I want to look at a devotional time, a personal devotional time with the Lord. Um, you might call it quiet time. I think we use that phrase a little bit more in church. And I want to show just three examples of how we see that in Scripture happening and three men we really look up to in the Bible Bible's lives, and it starts in Exodus 33, verse 7 to 11, and it says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. In Daniel 6, verse 10 to 11, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. And then Luke 5, verse 15 to 16, but yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And so a common thread, it, it sounds very similar to what we looked at in the meanings of devotion, and it, there's a very common thread that pulls through, even through the devotional time that we see in these three examples, a common thread of an intentional devotional time set aside for God, devoted to God, and then we see, and in, in this time, they are alone. It was an alone time with the Lord. And then from that place of being alone with him, we see a dialogue happening between man and God every single time. And then lastly, we see there was a rhythm. It was a consistent meeting in this manner, um, no matter the demands of life. We see Jesus, we almost see Jesus' life getting more and more busy, you know. More people came to hear him, more people came to be healed, but he withdrew. Um, and it was as he did often. The same with Daniel, as he previously did. And so this is a thing that, that we are not necessarily um, very comfortable with in today's living. And me, me saying these type of uh, things might, might even bring some objections to our personal devotions, because I think the reality is like we might look at that, that time in the Bible and we would say, but Louis, you know, their pace of life wasn't as hectic as ours, or they didn't have the demands we do. Um, but I think, or you might be from a place of like, you know, my time with the Lord is in the shower, like that's where we speak the best, or on my way to work, you know, that's, that's where I hear the Lord. Um, or just quite plainly, life is too busy. And, uh, and you might say, small group in church is already a push. Like, that's already asking a lot. You know, 
throwing small groups in there is also, or throwing personal devotional time in there is asking a lot. Um, but in Matthew 6.6, 6, Jesus turns to his disciples after modeling this time alone with God, and he then gives this command to us as disciples, and he says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And, um, and this is going to bring me to my first answer to why personal devotion, why, why spend time with the Lord um, in quiet. And the first answer is because the Bible says so. Um, it, might not be, it might not be the answer we would like to hear, but it's right here. The Bible says so. Um, you know, when you, ask, when you ask your parents all these whys, and then they're just like, just do it because I say so. It's, it's something like this. But Jesus makes this instruction quite clear. He says, when you pray or when you go to meet with the Lord, go to your room and close the door. And so this might sound very specific and it might sound like a very specific box, but in fact, it's actually the opposite. It's the opposite of a legalistic way because if we read this carefully, it actually is more of an invitation to meet with the Lord. It says, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And, and, and I think the question is, why does the Lord connect the reward to this practice? Because he knows it has a cost. He knows it carries a sacrifice to set a time, time with him. Um, and, and your cost this morning might be less social media time, or your cost might be less exercise, um, or your cost might be, maybe for most of us, uh, earlier in going to bed earlier or waking up earlier. And uh, you might say that you don't want to see me if I don't have my eight hours. Like, it's not a good sight. But, but if we had to schedule time with the Lord, like any other meeting during our day in corporate, if we had to schedule in and say, this is my time with the Lord, um, and we had to view this time with the Lord as a vital part of us being healthy as we did exercise, how would we very differently approach this time with the Lord? Um, and Tim Keller mentions this in his book on prayer, and he says, if the doctor prescribed you, medis- if the doctor prescribed medicine to you, and you had to take a tablet every morning at 3 a.m., you would set an alarm and do it. Why? Because the doctor said so, and you know it's good for you. And and so, can we can we trust Jesus and His Word this morning on this first answer to this why, of that there is. This is a non-negotiable of setting time aside with the Lord and being alone with Him. And so can we trust Him and take that serious? Um, Because I think it's such a beautiful invitation. And then Jesus then continues. He says, when you do that, when you go to be alone with the Lord, it says, shut the door and pray to your Father is in secret. And I, I think the question would be, why would Jesus instruct us to shut the door? Um, and, and I would like to ask you a question when, you, when you'd like to have a, a meaningful, intimate conversation with a friend or, or your wife um, which location would you choose to do that? Um, you're not going to choose a nightclub or the movies or an orchestra 
you're just going to frustrate the people around you. But we're going to choose a place where we can hear one another. Um, and, and in order to grow in, in relationship, we need to be able to have a conversation with someone. Um, and in order to do that, we need to be able to hear someone. And as we hear to what they're saying, we can listen. And, and, and we can respond to what they're saying to us. And in the very same way, this leads to the second answer to why personal devotion, why this time with the Lord, and that is because it leads to intimacy with the Father. And Jesus, again, says, shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. There is this call to enter into conversation with God. The Father initiates this meeting and and I think I just want to explain, like, we, this is not the perspective of we are early for the meeting and the Lord's on his way. It says that the Lord is in the secret place. He is waiting for us in the secret place. He is the one that sets up the meeting. We just need to attend. And, and then as we attend, as we have conversation with him, we grow in intimacy with him. And Exodus 3, verse 2 to 4 says this so beautifully um, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. So Moses, 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 uh, Moses makes this choice to turn aside. He was busy looking after the sheep and tending to the flock, and, and he says to himself, I'm going to turn aside to see this great sight. And then, look what happens next. I find this so beautiful. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And so we see the Lord, when the Lord saw that he had Moses' attention, when Moses stopped with what he was doing and looked to him, the Lord was like, now I can speak, because he will respond. Um, and, and, and I wonder when I picture this, when I picture how this happened, if Moses had to sort of continue with his sheep and was like, ooh, that, that's a cool-looking bush, but I just sort of continue with what I'm doing, I wonder if the Lord called Moses, Moses, if he would have heard and if he would have responded, if he just continued with what he was doing. Um, and Jonathan, if you can please prep the screen for me, but many of us struggle with this concept of shutting the door. Um, and I'd like to show you an illustration of what my quiet times sometimes feel like when I go to the quiet place and I'm, I'm there and I'm alone with the Lord, but I don't shut the door. I don't learn to shut the door. And uh, so to give some context on this, I, I'm a video editor by profession, so I work a lot with sound. Um, and this is quite a beautiful way, I thought, to explain sometimes how our quiet times feels. So if you see, I've given a few tracks some names. So at the start, we have money, uh, relationships, health, trauma, work. You can add in there whatever relates to you. And then we have God's voice. And basically, I've just attributed a specific sound with no specific reason um, to each one, what it might sound like in your life. So, Janetav, uh, you can play money for us, please. Okay, that sounds, it's not raining money, but, uh, okay, so if we can.
So, Natal, if you can play Trauma for us, please. Oh, sorry, trauma, <laughs> not relationships. <laughs> it's the fourth one, there we go. Okay. Uh, maybe we can do kids, please. Your kids probably don't sound like this. It's the second last one, yes. <laughs> so there's our kids. So, essentially what I've done is I have, I have attributed a sound, um, a sound to every single part of our lives. And, and what ends up happening, um, we do not have the liberty in life to focus on one thing and just like listen to it and then like, okay, that's that. And then one thing, no. When we go into our time with the Lord and we try to hear his voice, uh, Jonathan, can you just play... God's voice in the Lord is my shepherd right. I lack nothing and this is the Lord speaking he makes to me us. lie down in speaking his word to us he leads so, me beside his quiet waters thanks Natal. so we, then we, when we enter into our quiet time it sounds more like like this the Lord is speaking and, and I think, you know, and I don't know if any of you relate to this, maybe it's just me, but, you know, we know he's speaking, but we have no idea what he's saying. Like, we can't, you know, it's like, Lord, what are you saying? And it's just, it's the storm and it's chaos. And that's why I believe Jesus says, shut the door. Um, and then when we learn to shut the door, we actually... We actually bring these things to the Lord and we say, Lord Jesus, here is the, the mixer of my life, like we saw in that picture. Put your hand on every single part of my life and put it to the volume which you would like it to be. Um, but it will only be when we decide to be alone with him and we decide to shut the door. We decide to look away like Moses did and to see him. And then our lives start to, and in our quiet times, start to sound more like this. On the other one, sorry. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green postures. He leads me beside his quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And... And I he think, guides me along you know, the, the right path for his namesake. And the first one, it sounded like chaos. It was a storm. And, and understand, like in the second one, we didn't change the sound. Nothing was fixed. Nothing was removed. But in that moment, everything was brought into perspective. Everything was brought into a line with one thing, and that was God's voice. And, and all of a sudden our life and everything that goes on in our life starts to complement the Lord's voice instead of overpower it. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, just in the same way, like Jeremiah 3, 3 says this very beautifully. It says, Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. 
And, and again, there's this invitation. And the Lord says, like, you know, we are invited into the space with Him. And He wants to speak to us. But we have to choose to shut the door and to hear Him. And then He can speak great and hidden things to us. He can give us guidance in our lives. He can share with us who He is and who we are in His eyes. And, and that, that leads to our, second, our third answer for the why personal devotion. And that is to bear fruit. And, you know, as we, as we separate ourselves, as we consecrate ourselves, as we shut the door, as I said, um, we learn to have a conversation with the Lord. We learn to hear and we learn to respond. Um, and through that, we learn to be intimate. We learn to trust his voice. And therefore, we become obedient to what he says. Um, and, and, and transformation starts to happen in our life. Fruit starts to come from that place. And, and I've mentioned three main parts where transformation happens. And it's in our identity, in our character, and in our, in our behavior. In Genesis 32, this is Jacob. And it says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. And so in this place, it's Jacob, to give quick context, Jacob, his entire life was labeled as this trickster, this, you know, cunning, this cunning master, and, and not really like, you know, you can't place Jacob. And then he comes in this place, it says Jacob was left alone. And he comes in this place and he wrestles with God, and the Lord asks him, what is your name? And he says, Jacob. And he owns up to who he is. He owns up to that sin. He owns up to his flaws, and his name means uh, grabbing the heel, right? <laughs> and uh, grabbing the heel of his brother. And, and, and the Lord says, no, your name from now on will be Israel. And, and I think, you know, what happens sometimes in, when we become quiet and we, we shut the door, we allow the Lord to come and speak into our identity and to change the way we see him, first of all then through that change the way we see ourselves and then change the way we see the people around us. And, and, and from that place, the Lord starts to transform our character, starts to transform um, who we are. And, and John 15 says this really beautifully. It says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So there's again this invitation for the Lord saying, like, as you abide in me, as you meet with me personally, as you meet with me intimately, you will start to bear fruit. You will start to bear fruit. And, but the Lord says that he prunes those who bear his fruit so that they might bore bear more fruit and it's in that place in that 
time with the Lord where he, we allow him to come and shape to come and shape our lives, shape our character. And like Mama Joyce said this morning, you know, it's in that place where we, where we actually are shaped. And, and um, the, the fruit of the Spirit was mentioned. You know, it's, it's, where, it's in that place where the Lord reminds us, oh yes, the way you, the way you spoke to your wife last night was not great. Go and, go and apologize. He starts to, to shape our character and he starts to, to show us kindness and, and patience and love. And, and then the third thing he transforms is our behavior. And that's in 2 Corinthians 3, he says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And... It's this picture of the more we spend time with him, the more we are in his presence, the more we, um, the more we see him, the more we become like him. It's like we sang, you're in your presence, we are undone. You're in your presence, all things become one. You know, and it's, it's, so, it's, so be- it's such a beautiful picture that in that place, the Lord takes every part of our lives and he brings it into perspective. And then from that place, and we were talking about personal devotion, but it's from that place where the Lord, um, where the Lord empowers us and changes our behavior. So he changes the way we move into our large groups. When we go into our small groups, when we give, when we serve, when we are meeting with the Lord one-on-one, face-to-face, the way we behave in all these areas of our lives changes completely. And And... In my own life, you know, there's been, I've really experienced this in my own personal time with the Lord. And no one taught me how to do personal devotion, but there was an invitation. And the Lord said, come and meet with me. And the Holy Spirit was so faithful in those times where I just came. All I did was just come. Lord, I'm here. And I got quiet. And and then the Holy Spirit led the Holy Spirit sometimes would lead me to read the Word, sometimes to pray, sometimes to worship. And he, he taught me how to read the Word. He taught me how to worship alone in quiet time. And then I got to practice it in large groups, in small groups. Um, and, and so I can really just testify of that, how the Lord shaped my identity in personal devotion, how He delivered me of really bad things in my life in personal devotion. Um, and, and, and my fourth answer is just to the why personal devotion is because it's a privilege. And we spoke about it this morning, and, and, and for me this is honestly one of the main points, is we can never view time with the Lord as a right, or he's, he's just supposed to be there. We are privileged to come, like Jesus says, go pray to your Father. And, and in fact, Jesus was the only one that had the right to say, to call God his Father, because he was perfect. He had no flaws. He was the perfect Son of God. And we, we had that privilege in the Garden of Eden, but we lost it through sin. It was removed from us completely. But Jesus, who was the one that was in the secret place with the Father, decided to leave that secret place and to come to earth 
and to reconcile us on the cross when he died for us. And if I could just ask the band to come up, please. But it was through him that we have received the privilege to pray to our Father, to be alone with the Father, and to have a personal, face-to-face relationship with a holy and a sovereign God. And I I just want to, if we could just close our eyes and, I just want to pray for us and just want to want to call to a group of people and if you know if this message speaks to you and and you can really just there's a longing in your heart to hear the voice of the Lord and to to have this personal devotional life to the Lord this personal relationship with him and and you've never experienced that in your life I would like to invite you to just just put your hand up so we can just pray with you so that so that you can experience that because that relationship is it is available to every single person that believes in the Lord Jesus. And and then if you related more to the sound of life has gotten very loud for you. Um and and all the all this different sounds and the the things in your life has actually taken over of the lord's voice and it's actually clouded the lord's voice i want to invite you to actually bring those things to the lord this morning and say lord jesus lord we we pray that you would forgive us lord and that you would put your hand on our life and to adjust it the way you would like it to come and change the volume of every single part of our lives so that your voice is front and center of who we are And I just want to also just pray for for those who feel like you might be saying like Louis that sounds really nice to be in the Lord's presence and to come to him but I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I I can go to that place. And Hebrews 10 says like because of what Jesus has done for us we come boldly to the throne of God through the blood and through the veil which is his flesh because we have a high priest over the house of God and so i just if any of those three related to you i just want to invite you to just do business with the lord and say lord jesus i just i thank you lord that you are the one that initiated the call you are the one lord that invites me and you lord you showed that invitation lord so clearly by sending your son you invite us lord to to be your children lord you invite us to to have an intimate relationship with you and lord this morning we want to devote our lives we want to live a life that is devoted to you lord and it, let it not be lord a once a week thing lord but may it be a daily a daily devotional towards you lord lord thank you that you are working in our hearts lord thank you that you are transforming us lord and as we behold you that you are t- transforming us from glory to glory into your likeness lord thanks for listening to this message from shofar joburg May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. 
For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.